Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I am your host, Jason Demland, and I am joined, not usually, by <laughs> my good friends and fellow money muddlers, Jason and Caleb. Jasons, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Well, all right, let's Woo! mix it up. Yeah. Hey, boys. Hey, guys. I, I am pleased as punch. <laughs> to be on this podcast with you both today, what a special occasion to have Caleb Frankert, unbreakable en- Caleb enrolled Frankert. agent, unbreakable Caleb Frankert, <laughs> and break. certified financial planner, business owner, and all-around swell guy, Jason Bernal, and then me, the star of the show, <laughs> all together for the first time ever. Self-appointed. <laughs> yeah, this is like an all-star Blue Jay podcast. Right. Or it's just all the people that have ever been on the podcast. <laughs> it's the greatest hits, if you will. What's the criteria to be an all-star? You have to have been on at least one podcast episode. Ooh, we write our own rules here. I came just in there with two, two <laughs> podcasts. Hey, if you don't like it, how's your podcast? <laughs> well. Uh, just kidding. Uh, all jokes aside, we are having fun today. We got a lot of fun lined up. It's it's fall. It's October. We're recording this up the first episode that we've recorded in October. Uh, think about all the fun things that are coming up. Basketball season starts. Yeah. Major League Baseball playoff starts. Football is in full swing. Campfires. Campfires. Arms. Chili cook-offs. Yeah, really. Oh, chili. Yeah. I not even think about chili. And fall-inspired drinks. drinks. Yeah, absolutely. So pumpkin bourbon? Uh, I've got something up my sleeve Ooh. for a, a pumpkin, and I know you're you're gonna go crazy over this pumpkin flavored anything. This guy will That's right, yeah, he'll try anything. <laughs> yeah. So we do. Uh, I, I we have on tap. I think for the next Manhattan Project, we got a pretty cool twist on uh on, on a pumpkin flavored Manhattan. Maybe we'll stay see. tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Ooh, the suspense builds. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Uh, what else is new? Oh, boy. All right. Let's talk about the drink. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. I was thinking of interesting stuff. You talked to our uh, chief compliance officer about something today. Yes. I am pleased to announce that after a long deliberation. Fight with compliance. You know how those compliance departments are. (laughs) I do. Especially ours. (laughs) (laughs) Jerks. (laughs) Guys, we can ask this and... Uh, I posted in the speakeasy this week, semi-passive-aggressively, as is my style, uh, that there is a feature available, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave reviews for podcasts that that you listen to. And interestingly, Apple uses those reviews to recommend the podcast to other people. And a five star review is a better recommendation than a one star review. Mm-hmm. And you can go in there and you can even write stuff about the podcast. That's so always entertaining. If by you're the way. listening right now on Apple Podcasts, you should you should select a rating for the show. Yeah, and leave some kind of a message cuz they're fun. I honestly I enjoy the heck out of it, even the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you review our show on there, even if it's a horrible review, we will read it on this show. Um but uh, if it's on the script, he'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> and and we got we've got some new ones that that we'll share with you, and and they're fun. Uh, we'll we'll share those at the end of the episode. But yeah, go check that out. Uh, think about leaving a review; it really helps the show out. Check it out, y'all. Cool. So let's talk about drinks. All right, what are we drinking today, Caleb? This is the old fashioned finance podcast. You know what we haven't done a lot of old fashions. We've done a lot of fashion finance. We well, I feel like we've done a lot of old fashions. Well, we've done <laughs> technically one old fashioned episode on the show, oh, Jason. Oh, on the show, oh, on the show, oh, we, we re- do a lot oh. of old fashions. Don't In get real me life, wrong. Yeah. we have a lot of those. You know what? We actually just uh, experienced oh, some yes. very good old fashions. Usually, now we're not in a really ritzy area with no. a lot of really good. Cocktail they don't. Bars. They don't let us out very much. <laughs> but when we do get out, uh, we. We sometimes have an awesome time. And we went to a steakhouse called Smith & Walensky's. Uh, I think there's only two locations of it. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I think they're expanding, but right now it's just Chicago and Columbus, right? Right, I think so. Well, it is a high-class joint. All their waiters look like they know steak, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> which is a plus in my book. Oh, yeah. Like, when you go in and you you know they ask you what you'd like, I'm like... 
what should I eat? And they're like, okay, here's what you need. Okay. Like, I, w- I would like my steak well done. And they're like, what? No, I'm not going to let you ruin that. I can't that. let you do that. That is blasphemy, young man. <laughs> Get out of my restaurant. <laughs> yeah, they, they know steaks, but it turns out they know something else too, Jason, right? Well, their cocktails were amazing. And usually we have a horrible experience ordering cocktails out in the Midwest here for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Well, we're not in Chicago at like really fancy cocktail bars. I have had some good ones uh, in Chicago, but... We were in Columbus at Smith and Walensky's. We got we got invited to to hear some economic uh, research, some <laughs> some information on bonds. Bonds, <laughs> and your uh, favorite subject. You know, we got the some, smartest guy in the, the bond room. guys are the smartest guys in the room, but yeah. they are boring. They're boring. Oh, <laughs> good thing we had drinks. Those poor guys. <laughs> yeah, good thing. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, they brought us out some old fashions. That's the last time I think all of us had old fashions. And I tell you what, they made them very Ooh. oozily. Wow. Yeah, they were definitely wow. uh, more Embry styled. Multiple right? emergency feelings during these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they were made them extra huge too, and I think all of us we they were brought so- the shaker out. Well, that, that was, was the, the Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Gosh, I don't even remember. Oh, you didn't have an old fashioned. No, you I had, had a gin and tonic. How was it? I did. No, I had an old fashioned the second time. You had a Manhattan. I don't even remember. Oh Jason, that's how much booze they put into these drinks. <laughs> Points proven. Right Definitely there. in the style of Embry. I seem to remember you ordering a gin and tonic. And I did. You were I raving did. about it. It yeah. was very good. They, I mean, these were huge. And we were so engrossed in the bond conversation. <laughs> I was. Like, what's going on? I, I must have been too. because He it, seemed like a really nice guy. Uh, he was great <laughs> and smart. But these drinks got to us really fast. And uh, I guess that's a that's... You know, to their credit, they didn't skimp. No, on they the didn't. No, I don't not, think they wanted not to even keep coming back out and taking orders. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they didn't but have to refill multiple times. We we ordered Manhattans the second time around, right. and they brought out a full Manhattan with whatever was left in the shaker. So, however much you can put into a shaker is how much our drink was. Like it, it was a full shaker. Well, I mean, come on, man, you didn't drink that full shaker. You kept pouring it in my glass. <laughs> We had our own shakers, Jason. I didn't have one. So today we're drinking maple old fashions. And uh, it's a very great fall drink. We have sampled them. Yeah. And there's a couple different ways to make them. Caleb, sure. take us through the drink. Yeah, it's so, time to talk about that drink. Yeah, there's not a lot of history on the maple old fashioned because it's kind of a new thing. Um, the earliest that I've seen goes back to like 2004, uh, something like that, but it doesn't have a rich history, right? So we could go back and, and go through the old timey voice and talk about old fashions again, but we'll spare you, oh, Jason. I was ready to go. <laughs> I know you, you was about ready to launch into it. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, the twist Date here line. is <laughs> 1924. <laughs> the, uh, it's basically, uh, an old fashioned, uh, with some maple syrup in there instead of simple syrup. So uh, there, as we learned, you're saying the- syrup again. Syrup. <laughs> syrup. Good job. There you go. Maple syrup instead of simple syrup. And uh, as we learned in the first episode, um, you know, you can make an old fashioned with whiskey. You can make an old fashioned with uh, rum mm-hmm. or brandy, as the Wisconsinites do. So the first recipe that we tried here, I thought was definitely worth trying just because of the maple syrup. So we've got a we got a rum old fashioned here with maple syrup. So if you're following along at home and you want to mix this up, dig out the maple syrup in the cabinet. Did I, is that right? Syrup? Yeah. Syrup. 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 <laughs> uh, what you're going to want to want to do is actually uh, instead of building it in the rocks glass like we do with a regular old fashioned, uh, they recommended I think because of the thickness of the yeah. the maple syrup. Um, do this in a mixing glass first, but two ounces of dark rum. We used that Zacapa that we've mm. used in the past. It's really, Delish. really good. Delish. Oh, um, yeah, Zacapa. Ah. So two ounces of dark rum, a half ounce of maple syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters. Garnish that baby with an orange twist and a Luxardo cherry and uh, stir it up in a, a mixing glass um, and then uh, strain it into a rocks glass with uh, some fresh ice and enjoy. What do you guys think? I think it's fabulous. I mean, it's very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah, I mean, that maple syrup is coming through. No kind doubt. of a good breakfast drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We didn't garnish it with a slice of bacon or uh, a pancake. I was thinking I a thought about it, Jason. I thought <laughs> about would. it. But there is such a thing as a, a smoked bacon old-fashioned, oh, and we're going to do that one. Just not today. <laughs> for breakfast, though. Yeah, for breakfast. I thought this... We need to do a breakfast episode for crying out loud. I'm for it. I mean, we did the Bloody Mary already, but... We'll just do this maple bacon, old fashioned. Yeah, no, I mean this. It, it it's very good. I mean it's it's sweet, but 
I mean, it's there are definitely sweeter drinks out there. Oh yeah, you've got to like rum. Yeah, you know, I mean, you still can taste it. You know, rum has got more of a sweet taste to it than most other sure. liquors, mm-hmm. and so I think that putting putting rum, especially this dark rum, and that zakapa is really good. Really, um, you put that with some maple syrup, and you've got a really sweet drink. So if you if you're kind of averse to having a really a sweet version of the old fashioned, you might not like it. Me on the other, like I, I have n- <laughs> the highest tolerance of anyone I've met for sweets, and this falls right into that dessert category, and I really like it. Um, I, I'm excited to try the bourbon one. Hey, we should go do that right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, and we're back. Now we've got a bourbon version of this maple old fashioned. What do you guys think? I haven't tried it yet. Oh well, let's all do it. That's delightful. Oh, pow! That's, That's better. Good. <laughs> That's better. That's real good. I mean, you like bourbon a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, bourbon is the superior spirit. I used um, Old Forester. <laughs> which one was that? Was that 1910? 1910. 1910, yeah. So that's um, kind of like a double oaked. It's mm-hmm. got a little bit of... <laughs> you and I were wrong in our, our blind test that we did a, a few weeks back. We tasted cherries. Uh, <laughs> we it was know. not cherries, but I used that because it was a little sweeter. So I thought it went well with the maple syrup. That's good. That's really good. No, that is that's very good. This is a delightful 400 calorie cocktail, <laughs> and it's our second one. <laughs> good thing you didn't eat anything today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. I think this might be in the rotation, and it's easier than muddling up uh, sugar and bitters and just you know, pour that maple syrup right in. I think our friends syrup. up Canada way oh, yeah. probably drink their old fashions like this all the time. <sighs> I Don't really want to try bacon in here. You throw some Canadian bacon in there with yeah. some maple syrup. Oh, you betcha. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You've got to really enjoy the process. <laughs> I apologies to our Canadian listener. <laughs> I love Canadians. They're so freaking pleasant. So I, I'm, some of my favorite people that I know are Canadian. The best comedians. So, yeah, they do have a lot of really good comedians. And some okay actors. The whiskey's awful, but um, I think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canada does not export a good, a good liquor. Uh, in our opinion, but this is good, guys. At, at home, try the maple old fashioned. If you've got all the stuff to make an old fashioned, and you've got some maple syrup, we didn't say it goes goes without saying, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I guess it goes with saying then. Well, which is it? You got to use maple syrup, real maple syrup. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No definitely. Mrs. Buttersworth here. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. Or and oh, what's it called now? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I have no oh. idea. No Mrs. Buttersworth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Maple syrup, for sure. Syrup. <laughs> I'm just going to change how I say it every time. Well, you can definitely taste that that's real maple syrup in there, I think. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's got to make a huge difference. Otherwise, you might as well just pour some corn syrup in there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Um, this is great for fall weather. It's really, really festive. No, I, I like the I like the maple syrup. I I mean, I like it on my pancakes. I don't know why I wouldn't like it. Like, yeah. With, yeah. Some, with some bourbon. Maybe with pancakes, this would be even better. Oh. oh. Pancake run. Let's go get pancakes. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, we should get on to the finance topic, boys. Yes, we should. Let's do it. <laughs> Today, everyone, I am especially stoked to talk about particularly psyched out of your mind psyched, psyched, psyched out, out of my mind, mind. <laughs> i'm really excited to talk about the hierarchy of savings this is uh, intended, what does that mean uh really the order of how you should save uh, a lot of people ask they simply want to know uh i have money to save where should i put it so in order to put together a quick reference rule of thumb list that is by no means exhaustive this is canon though this is well yeah this is canon (laughs) but your specific uh situation may be different so your mileage may vary uh but for the most part this is the rule that i give to people when they ask about saving it's where to save first where to save second and how that goes okay i'm guessing next would be where to save third and so on (laughs) (laughs) and so on yeah, no, I, I get this because um, I think that... So l- let's talk about where this fits in, right? We're probably not talking... Th- this maybe isn't the... It's all good information, but if you're paying off a bunch of debt right now, this is minor, right? We want to we want to get through... Uh, if you're a Dave Ramsey fan, what step are we looking to get through here, Jason? Baby this is four. Two. Well, this is three and four. Yeah. Well, you're trying to get through baby step two, though. I mean, you're trying to get through the pain. Well, we're debt. starting. Yeah, we're starting after. So if you have debt, we've said this before on this mm-hmm. show. If you've got debt, 
this isn't really going to work for you. Like you got to take care of your basics before we get, we start worrying about where we're going to sock all of our extra money away. Yeah, I mean, make sure you're taking care of the like essentials. Though you got to have a little bit of cash in order to yeah know, fix the furnace when it dies because that's yeah. going to happen. So yeah, so really we do incorporate. I mean, baby step one is in here. <laughs> yeah, kind of, but yeah, okay. But this is not the Dave Ramsey show. No, no, no. I'm just saying what, what, I, what I'm saying. <laughs> just because I'm bald doesn't mean we need to talk like Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> now listen. <laughs> so oh, I can't do a southern, I, I, th- I can't do a southern <laughs> accent. So uh, this is uh, I, I think we've all run a cl- uh, across clients who are doing a great job of you know they're out of debt they're piling money away they're just not putting it in the right places and they're doing the best that they can and they're mm-hmm. probably they're doing good things by saving money they just could be deploying the assets a little bit better right yeah but uh, you opinion. know there's a gigantic amount of fear around this, you know, oh my gosh, I get it out of my emergency fund and it's gone forever. And, Mm -hmm. uh, having a hierarchy really does make a ton of sense. Yeah. And then on the other hand, like the folks that aren't really scared, they just know they should be saving. They just, you know, sock a bunch of money away someplace, maybe not taking advantage of a lot of the, the tax advantage accounts that they could, uh, the types of investments that are out there. So, so this is, this is supposed to be a little bit helpful. Just, just to consider in your own personal situation while you're out there, because some of these options people just, you know, they just forget about. Mm-hmm. So, Caleb, what's the first savings vehicle? Well, in we the talk hierarchy <laughs> of savings. <laughs> Can you stretch that out anymore? How about another old-fashioned? <laughs> okay, no, I cannot stretch it out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first step we kind of talked about, um, baby step one, right? Well, you have to have an emergency fund. These aren't baby steps. This is the hierarchy of savings. I know, but I'm saying we just talked about it. Jason <laughs> mentioned before, obviously, you have to... Uh, you have to have money there in case the furnace breaks or the roof caves in or your car goes poo on the side of the road. Uh, so the first thing is to have an emergency fund funded, yep. right? Yeah. S- sounds easy. What? Here's the question that I get from everybody. Uh, how much should you have in your emergency fund? Yeah. I mean, I, I really think you need to have three to six months. I mean, that is... Three a, to six months of what? Of expenses. Okay. Okay. Um, that is... Which means you need to understand what your expenses are. So, you know, this comes down to like the budget conversation. Ooh, the B word. But, you know, it's like (laughs) you got to know. I would say for most families, that's somewhere between $15,000 and $20,000 cash um, just at your disposal because things are going to happen. Someone's going to break their arm, bust their teeth out. You know, car's going to break. You just don't know what's going to come. Now, that, that doesn't include like... Oh, the roof is going to need replaced. Mm-hmm. Like that's not an emergency. You know, you can tell when your roof is starting to deteriorate. But I do kind of lump that into this step as well in the hierarchy of savings. And, and uh, you know, we, we got to think about those sinking funds. Right. You know, the, like, like we said in previous episodes, the roof doesn't just go bad. <laughs> uh, you, you see that one coming, right? Uh, you got to plan for that. So, you know, setting up a sinking fund for a car or a roof, those planned expenses we know that are going to come up. If you're surprised by it, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, if people want more more information, we did talk about that quite a bit in the whiskey smash and all that cash episode mm-hmm. about setting money aside uh, in a sinking fund, setting money aside in your emergency fund. Because really what we find with a lot of our clients, because usually people that come to a financial planner for help, they're already good at saving. They, they know mm-hmm. their planners a little bit, their savers. And what we find more than anything else is people that have way too much cash. So Jason, you said, you know, the typical person that we run into that emergency funds, 15 to $20,000. How often do you run into folks that have 50 $150,000. Keep going. That's for emergencies. Keep going. Like, and maybe more, you know, yeah. and with the market, especially right now, like it's a, it's a little more volatile than it has been. And uh, people that went through the, the great recession and, and the, the financial crisis have even more than that, Caleb, because yeah. they, they are scared to death of an emergency that might need a half a million dollars of cash right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're just afraid they're going to get triggered again. You know, the, that this is going to all, come crumbling down tomorrow. And we all know that you can't predict that anyway. So $50,000, guys, that's like crazy. Well, <laughs> 50, uh, th- believe me, I've, I've... Or more. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've had the conversation with folks, and this, it's a really fun conversation, actually. Please explain to me what a $250,000 emergency looks like. Go. Uh, there's Kidney. a sale down at the yacht store, <laughs> and uh, if yeah. I don't pay cash right now, I won't get the 30% right. off discount. I had to put a down payment on my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> so you said three to six months of expenses. Uh, I think there's some debate about three to six months of income, three to six months of expenses. Then there's always the discussion, well, okay, how secure are your jobs? Do you have two full-time workers in the house? Do you yeah, but I mean, this one? is not complicated but, stuff. No. You know, I mean, we don't need to debate about this a bunch. You need to have some cash. Yes. And if even if you just simply look at it from a perspective of what expense could I experience, okay, that's going to, like, the biggest expense that I might actually have that's unexpected, Okay, so my car dies, my furnace dies. Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Is it twenty thousand dollars? Like, yeah, probably not. So I, I, I ask folks, what's the biggest check you might write in the next twelve months if something goes wrong, big time? Because you yeah, know, I mean, a lot of times we think about medical emergencies too, and we say, well, that's why we have health insurance and deductibles too. So seriously, what's the biggest check that you might write in the next twelve months? That's a good starting point. It's a great starting point. You have to remember the the risk mitigation things you have already built into your situation. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 insurance that you have in your yeah in your blah but. no you know life insurance long term <laughs> disability you, insurance right. that kind of stuff. Wow. So so after let's have another have, drink. <laughs> after we have the emergency fund uh, funded. And then some. Where do we go next, guys? I, I, you know me. I'm going to say take the free money, right, Jason? What are we talking about here? Uh, bank robbery? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking um, about the employer match. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's what I would do. Yeah, I didn't think that bank robbery was in the hierarchy of savings. Yeah, you got money left. So you got your emergency fund saved. You got you did establish uh, appropriate sinking funds for short-term, you know, within five years expenses that you know are happening. After that, if you've got a job that has a benefit of a 401k or 403b and they match part of your contribution, you should contribute up to that match. Yeah. And you should get that money because like we've said before, it's a hundred percent return right. on your money, which is we are b- big believers in investing in the markets, but a hundred percent return immediately is really good. It's better than the markets. And what Jason means is if you're working somewhere that offers a 5% 401k match, and you put money in, and the markets do nothing, you you made 100% up to a 5% contribution. That's free money. Take the free money, folks. That's the next step. It's a pretty easy one, but how often do we see, oh, I've got a 7% match in my 401k. How much are you contributing? Uh, yeah. 3%. And most what of these are we plans, doing here? Most of these plans are set up to like make it super easy for mm-hmm. you to, to either increase your contribution or you know, it's not hard. If it just disappears out of your paycheck, I mean, how much easier can it get than to do to do it that way? So yeah. it's like anything else in our life if we automate it, right? <laughs> it's it's great, and then and then to get into the the fine point, finer points of that. Take advantage of the match if your if your employer offers a match, contribute up to the match. Now we've got all of our debt paid off, and you you have an, a sufficient emergency fund and you're saving for retirement this makes the most sense as the yeah. first place to save yeah we're, we're we'll talk about the disadvantages of uh, limited investment choices and people will argue about the fees that you can't control but that 100% return on investment of your dollars that you put in if you have a match is hard to beat i think honestly a lot what a lot of people have trouble with is well that's money that's earmarked for 59 and a half years old. you know that's yeah. way down the line i'm going to have penalties if i take it out okay but if you get a 100% return right yeah. right out of the gates you know what i see oftentimes is maybe there's a 7% match in the 401k you're contributing 3% and you're saving $5000 a month in a savings account that's vastly overfunded disconnect folks you you're you're missing out big time for and what's the return on a savings account now jason yeah point nothing point yeah. nothing what, what's really inflation adjusted uh we're talking about negative returns oh here, definitely so. and that's not even like hard math you're losing especially now i mean you might be losing four percent i mean it's it's huge just by Having it in a so-called safe place. So you could go, what you just said basically, is you could forego 100% return on some of your money in exchange for losing upwards 4% of buying power every year yeah, in your we, savings account. But we, you feel really good about your savings account. Yeah, right? I mean, we have to focus on the behavior here, really. I mean, it is really just 
get it set up, get your allocation correct, and stop thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the key. I mean, if it's just disappearing out of your paycheck, odds are you're going to wake up one day and you're going to have a pile of money in there. And really something most folks are extraordinarily proud of uh, when they look at it, you know, two or three, four or five years later. Yeah, we did our millionaire episode and we talked about 401k millionaires. It's Mm -hmm. in most of them. That's where a bulk of their net worth is because it makes sense. If you can double your returns right out of the gate, you're going to accumulate a lot faster. Caleb, you hit something on the head when you said about people not, not, not wanting to put money in there because it's earmarked for 59 and a half. Yeah. Well... Nowadays, it's the year of our Lord, 2021, and a Roth option has come into a lot of 403Bs and 401Ks, and I will say that that is where I am recommending most of my clients put their money. They're not getting a a, a tax benefit right now, but they're still getting a match. The match is going into the traditional... This might be a little too technical for today's episode, but... If you have the option to get a match and you have a 401k that has a Roth option, put your money into the Roth option. Your company will put money into the traditional side. You'll get the best of both worlds and two times the money. And you have the benefits of a Roth 401k that allow... It's a lot more liberal for if you do want to retire early. Yeah. Well, withdrawals are are, uh, a little bit more flexible. Um, Honestly, limits are a lot more flexible. Uh, In a Roth IRA, you know, as of now, Jason, if you want to max out your Roth IRA, you can put 6,000 bucks in there. You can't go above... What if I'm 50? When you're 50, you can go to $7,000. But Jason, other Jason, what can you do in your Roth 401k? Yeah, I mean you can you can go all the way up to the four hundred one k limits depending on your age and that nineteen thousand five hundred or twenty uh, three it's higher than that four. We should know this. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It's more it's than a lot of I, I it's money. Six, no, it's like twenty five thousand bucks, right? It's like a sixty five hundred dollar boost. I mean, the reality is, it's like it may be your only option for folks that are highly compensated for a Roth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you can't fund a Roth IRA, but you sure as heck can fund the Roth 401k. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, this is like really important for those folks because when you go and retire, there's no guarantee that your tax bracket's going to be lower yeah. than when you're working. I mean, <laughs> yeah. in fact, it's probably going to be you, higher. You sound pretty confident in that opinion, Jason. I will put money on you it. think taxes are <laughs> going up I've, I've said the exact same thing like the last three episodes so um i may have listened if you want to know more about the roth option i would highly recommend if you haven't listened to a lot of our previous episodes um uh, episode nine a new riff the oh, new yeah. riff on a traditional ira we go and do a lot more detail on roth investing and how that works but it's a huge uh, huge opportunity. And uh, I think that we're going to see a lot more of this. In fact, there's some legislation on the table, um, you know, including um, Roth simple IRAs and SEPs. Jason, you and I talked about that on a previous episode. We did. Uh, sounds like there's some real traction there. So, um, you know, more Roth options available. Um, Got to take advantage of it, man. Um, what What is the next one on the list here, Jason? Let's say Let's say that you have your emergency fund fully funded. You're getting all the free money from your employee. If, if you're doing all that Roth and you're getting the traditional match, whatever, you're getting all that free money that you can. Where's the next place that you go? Well, if you qualify, I mean, the, all that Roth talk and the Roth 401k is a great transition. Uh-huh. Uh, if you qualify for Roth IRA contributions, that's where I would go next. So you're contributing up to the match. Like you said, I don't go any higher until your Roths are completely maxed out. If you qualify for them, there are income limits on that. I think mm-hmm. it's one hundred and eighty-nine thousand. The phase out starts if you're married filing joint. It's two hundred now. Yes. Ooh. All right, you're good now. Way to go, Congress. <laughs> yeah, we made it. Way to go, Congress. That was probably automatic because they can't get anything done. So. <laughs> yeah, after after contributing up to the match in your four hundred one k, open some Roth IRAs and contribute to those. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to ask uh, as a. Why would you do that instead of just bumping up your 401k contribution if you have a Roth option available, let's say? Yeah, there's a huge benefit to this. I mean, it really comes down to investment choice. Okay. Um, it's going to give you virtually the, the universe of investments to pick from. Um, it's not going to be tied in with your employer, which a lot of mm-hmm. folks kind of get weird about that when mm-hmm. they think about their, you know, their 401k. So you don't have to worry about vesting. Yeah. There's no yeah. vesting schedule. It's your money. Okay. Yeah. And so just, just, you know, work with an advisor, understand what you're doing. 
uh, when you're when you're investing, it, it just gives you a lot more uh, options, and that's why we we tell folks to go to the Roth IRA yeah. after they've gotten the match from their. We're talking their control plan. here, right? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like, that's what this whole thing is about. You know, making sure you tell your money where you're going, where it's going. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think opening Roth IRAs on your own outside of your employer has has vast benefits. Like Jason said, the the investment choice, like you have the entire you 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 go wherever you want because mm-hmm. you're in your 401k or 403b, your employer's got a, a menu of options that you can choose from. Uh, if you go to an independent financial advisor or you just go out on the internet to open your own account, even. You've got the whole universe to choose from. Is that somewhere on the cloud? Uh, I think if you go out on the line <laughs> oh. and type in to Alta Vista, go to Google.com. Uh, in Google, you can search for uh, an no, exchange-traded No, I tried it here. Best wouldn't let me do it. I the only have Ask Jeeves. I only have Ask Jeeves, so I'm not sure <laughs> that's going to work. But you know, just because you have investment choices here doesn't mean you should be buying like the reverse VIX or you know, <laughs> Whoa, like yeah. doing some kind of crazy thing. This is not a recommendation. Just <laughs> because Jason Bernal has mentioned the reverse inverse VIX yeah, on Jay- the show is no indication of this. None of the uh, hosts of this show hold any positions in the inverse VIX. And <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When are we recording this? Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I believe Jason is preaching to himself as himself as much as the Pretty audience. Pretty much, right yeah. Now. Like somebody hold Don't me accountable. Don't buy the double inverse. <laughs> <laughs> please somebody that's a recommendation there are there are you can, it get it gets does get dangerous out there when you have the whole universe yeah um but you, you know you can find good help online or from a competent financial professional but only a competent one we suggest only using competent financial i advisors. used an incompetent one once it did not work out it's okay he's better now guys <laughs> he's gotten much better at his job <laughs> Oh, All right, gosh. so Roth IRA, we, we feel that that's a no-brainer. Um, so what about when we hit that $6,000 or $7,000 contribution? Or if you're a Roth? married couple, uh, double that. Yes, that's true. If you're married, <laughs> you each get one. <laughs> Even if one of you does not work. We talked true. about that on the Roth. That is Absolutely. super important. Don't yes. forget that. It's important. Um, so let's say that we've maxed out. Our, we've got all the free money from our employer. Our emergency fund is rocking and rolling. Uh, we've maxed out our Roth IRAs and now money's building up in the savings account still, guys. What do we do next? Make this it stop. Make it stop. This is where Papa Bear of personal finance, the Pope <laughs> of personal finance, Dave Ramsey says to save for your kid's college. And I say, not so fast, my friend. Oh, little Lee Corso. That's right. I, <laughs> I don't agree. I, I love my kids. Jason, you have even more kids than I do. <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy. I have the least amount of kids and I still don't want to go there. <laughs> I think that uh, the best gift you can give your kids is your own financial independence, and that will help them pay for things like college. Did you just make that up? Yeah. That's great. Well, I don't... It's just true. Say that again. The... The... Uh, I can't remember what it is. The maple old-fashioned is a delicious drink. It's real good. <laughs> Welcome to old-fashioned The best Friday. gift you can give your children is your own financial independence. That's that's something. Break that down, folks. Yeah. Think about that. Chew well, on I that d- a bit. Absolutely. I mean, you give you give your kids a stable structure. My wife and I were just talking about this. Like, what a, what a gift it is to give your kids a stable home life. Like, mom and dad are married still, and you guys are financially independent. That's a huge boon you can give to your kids. You can still kick them out of your house and make them go work and stuff. (laughs) Sure. They need that. But it's nice to have that kind of stability. And I know a lot of people that will break themselves saving for their kids and neglecting their retirement. Or paying for it along the way. I mean, it's sad to watch that. I mean, where they really struggle along the way paying for college when they really should be focusing on, you know, this these steps. Yeah. It's just not that hard. To, I mean, you got to look at the economics of college, say of the, I guess the cost of college really. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's huge for a family when you're, when you're thinking about all the places to put money in your budget. Yeah. And really what it comes down to, I, this is just the bash on college. You can guess that that's not one of the <laughs> steps in the hierarchy of savings. It's at the end and really only if there's a tax issue, I think. So I am recommending against for most people, uh, covered L savings and 529s. And in this step, in I'm going to recommend against Coverdale savings, always. Just so you know, you got investment selection. If you don't have, if you don't have more than two thousand dollars a year, it's better than a five twenty nine. That might be a different episode. Yeah, different. Yeah. We we, we can sort of did about episode three with daiquiris and stealing Harvard, but I I think we could have gone further. Uh, probably. 
more controversial. Well, what is this step then? We got in our emergency <laughs> fund and slinking funds. We got contributing about the employer match. Next. We we could, we talked about doing Roth IRAs independently of your work plan. And after that, we always said is not kids college. <laughs> <laughs> so who here has a high deductible uh, insurance plan? Oh, Caleb is raising his hand. <laughs> There's two other people out there who would raise their hand. <laughs> Three. Not Three. in this room. Okay. All right. So we're talking about if, if you have a high deductible insurance plan, health insurance plan, ADHP, um, you probably have a health savings account as an option. Boom. Employer. Caleb, what episode was it where we just like drooled all over health savings uh, accounts? I loved health savings accounts. I've had one for years. Um, and then we did a gin and tonic episode. That's right. That's why you loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, the gin and tonic episode. Uh, we did some research there and realized, you know we what? We are not utilizing this like we should. I think that using a health savings account is where you should throw extra money. A lot of times you get a, a boost in there, but this not was the just double saving. whammy episode. Remember? Triple whammy. Triple whammy. It's three whammies. You can save money in a health savings account. And, Whammy! <laughs> and defer that money. And you can invest that money as well, just like with a Roth IRA. Yep. Uh, this get, is maybe better than a Roth IRA, Jason. I'm still not convinced. Well, the only the only difference is the Roth IRA has more flexibility for taking it out without yes. tax penalties than the HSA, which is why I think it should be after the Roth IRA. But because of the tax advantage in this, putting money in your HSA, you don't have to pay taxes on the money you put in. Okay, then bonus it, points. Yeah, then it grows without paying any taxes on the growth. Bonus points. Then you take the money out for a qualified health uh, thing. Or, or, or you, age 65. Well, you still you pay buy inco- a Roth. You still pay te- income taxes at age 65. So it's only like a half a whammy <laughs> at age 65. Two and a half whammies, it's, <laughs> y'all. But if you do take the money out for a qualified health uh, issue, why can't I think of the word? A qualified health Expense. Event. Thank you. Expense is the word, I mean, Jason. I'm so glad you're bill. here. <laughs> you don't pay taxes again. That is the triple whammy. And and if you start saving before, like say age 60 in this account, you can get a lot of compound interest built yeah. up through the years. And the longer you keep the money in there, the more likely you're going to use it for health and health expenses. Today, the average couple retiring is expected to spend $300,000 uh, through retirement on health-related expenses. So I say shoot for that number if you can, 300000 That's if you're retiring today. You and I aren't retiring anytime soon. Uh, Maybe the next five years. Uh, <laughs> You're full of it. Yeah, I mean, this is like important part of this is like that's a responsibility component of the financial plan. So Mm -hmm. to go back to the HSA as a place to store some money other than a savings account here. So this also takes, it might take a little bit of uh, research too because, uh, so my wife works for the public school system and this year was the first year that she was offered, we have great benefits, but she was offered the option to go with the high deductible plan. Uh, versus the Cadillac insurance. And looking at the numbers, going back and, and seeing what we spent on health-related expenses, uh, we opted for the high-deductible plan with the HSA. You might have great health insurance. I, I think that we hear a lot about people with high-deductible plans and how it's awful, and, oh, I've got this HSA. Um, you know, you got to take a look at what your family's spending on medical uh, to really make this decision. Because you you got to look at the HSA as just another tax qualified uh, savings vehicle. I look at it as an extra retirement uh, account, honestly. It, it really, the most value is in using it as a retirement vehicle. For more information on that, listen to our gin and tonic episode on health savings accounts uh, because we're, we're not treating it uh, in the full depth that it deserves right here. Um, but if you don't have that option or if you've maxed out your HSA, you got to move on to the next step. And by the way, maxing out your HSA for a family is about $7,200 a year for the family. So l- let's let's put this in perspective before we jump into the next step, Jason. Our emergency fund is funded. We are taking all the free money. Our employee match is met. We're maxing our Roth IRA, which is six or $7,000 a piece, depending on where you're at. Uh, and then on top of that, the health savings account is another, you know, $3,600 to $7,200, right? So we've put a lot of money away at this point. Now the next place to go would be pat yourself on the back. And then you're doing an okay job savings. <laughs> yeah. After that, go back and max out your employer plan. If, if you're married, you got, maybe you got two of them. You got a really high limit before you're done. 
But there's um, tons of choices there too. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, put money back in the Roth. Um, maybe uh, after-tax dollars can go into the plan. That's getting complicated, but there is there's a lot more room typically in this plan. Yeah. If you get dollars, if, if you get to this point or to this place in your savings, and to your point, Jason, I I, I think that. Now the value of having somebody that actually understands all these rules really pops out because you you talked about making non-deductible contributions or after-tax contributions to to your four hundred one k. You're getting crazy. Um, yeah, look, good, it's crazy. awesome. Good, yeah, crazy. yeah, you can do some cool stuff. In perspective, we're talking about you know we've put uh, you know to max out a four hundred one k in general nineteen thousand and some change, maybe twenty five, twenty six thousand dollars if you're there. On top of that, Roths at six to seven thousand on top of that HS you've you so you've socked away thirty some thousand dollars for quote unquote retirement accounts. You're you're killing it at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I, I'm just that's I, to me, if you're at this step, you're doing a great job. Um, back into the retirement plan, uh, the 401k, the well, if you're a teacher, you've got some other options too. Maybe you've got a deferred compensation plan, depending on, uh, what your status is with your company. You might have a top hat plan with some other deferred comp options and things like but that. But you as well. need help with this. I mean, Absolutely. this is where it gets crazy yeah, because there's annuity really salesman right around the corner. Oh yeah. Ready to help you. Well, right? I'd, I'd be happy to take those dollars. Some Harvey you. wall bangers. If you will, yes, those lousy wall bangers. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking while we were saying this, like people got to get to the this step are crushing it. There are some people that are to the step just because they don't have an employer sponsored plan. That's true. And they don't have the option for an HSA. So they are, they maxed out Roth IRAs. So now what? I'm sorry. <laughs> They're still doing I good. I take back everything I said. <laughs> if you're maxing out Roth IRAs, you're still doing pretty good, but you should get a good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, it is important. There's other places to put dollars other than your savings account. That's what we're talking about yeah. here. And and really, you know, to just look at an investment account that's going to allow you to do things that people dream of, quite frankly. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk out of my job when I'm 50 years old and mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to take money out of this account. I'm just going to plain old save into investments that are not in a retirement account. And it gives me a ton of choices. It's kind of that retire early bucket money that we talk to with some of our folks that are like, I don't know what to do next. So, so it's the retire early bucket. W- once we've hit all the tax deferred savings and the tax free savings and all those kinds of things, well, what what are we left with? This well, is it. Taxable. That's it. Taxable. Right? It's Non-qualified taxable. And taxable account. isn't bad. It just no. means we're not taking, we need to take advantage of all the other mm-hmm. tax beneficial places to put money and then we're going to check this box off too so we can get you out of that workplace or do something different uh, when you when you reach the age that it makes the most sense for you in your situation. You know, and for a lot of people, once when you get to this step and you're saving, you need an extra place to save and maybe maybe if you if you're a client of of one of ours and we've recommended this to you, it's because we've usually maxed out all the other tax deferred stuff or it fits with your your plans, maybe it's retiring early, maybe it is helping your kids with school. Or, or just having that flexibility to do almost whatever you want, whether it's to upgrade cars or change houses or, or whatever. Um, this, this one pops up, and this is really the big freedom one. And this is what I use to replace saving for kids' college in like a 529 for mm-hmm. the most part. And because there's so much more flexibility here than a 529. A 529 is awesome if you've got a rich relative that really <laughs> needs to defer some taxes or if you need to defer some taxes and help your kid maybe qualify for a financial aid somehow that sort of thing we we can help with college planning and i have it's still just all right but for the most part yeah the well the investment <laughs> options are very limited like a 401k and well, a i think some of the tax savings get blown out of, out of proportion you too. have to have a real tax issue yeah and that's why i think a, a non-tax qualified or a um what are we just saying? Non-qualified regular brokerage account. Yeah, you uh, really... people will call it a mutual fund account or an investment account. Uh, it, it's yeah, it gets taxed at capital gains rates, but yeah, but depending on where you fall in that capital uh, gains uh, bracket, exactly. it, it really. I th- that's why I think the H or the uh, the five twenty nines. The tax advantage of that does get blown out of proportion. You know why the five twenty nine got invented. It was to help rich lobbyists that were paying for politicians to hide more tax goes money. Through, right? It's the same. We had that trust episode. That's why most fancy trusts exist. It's for the ultra mm-hmm. elite. And if you're really, really wealthy, 
those are great tools for you and you should definitely hire somebody to help you with that because hire me yeah well you can <laughs> save a lot of money on taxes that way like it's really beneficial for you but for most, for most folks, of our clients yeah yeah it's you know it's just it just complicates things unnecessarily that's uh, that's all i think education is important I'm not wait, saying wait, wait. Are, pay for <laughs> wait, are you saying education about 529s is important? <laughs> yes. Or education is important. Pull money into the 529. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I was just trying we to, all went you know, to college here. Schools yeah. for fools. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. So non-qualified investments, well, uh, there aren't you know tax savings and things that go along with it. It's not the worst thing in the world if you're getting a 1099. Yeah, don't go investing. back to your savings account. Yeah. Like that's the point. Yeah, you've got you've got money growing, and if you have to pay taxes, it's usually because you had a gain. I tell everybody, look, we're gonna do what we can to save on taxes, but at the end of the day, if we save or if we pay taxes, we made money. What's the issue here, folks? Let's distill it down for our listeners and kind of run through this hierarchy of savings. Real fast. Caleb, what's the hierarchy of savings? Uh, I'll just bullet point this. I think it's important, obviously, to have an emergency fund. We should have that fully funded. Uh, three to six months worth of expenses. Your situation may vary based on type of employment, how many people in the house are working and all that kind of stuff. But let's not have too much extra uh, in the savings account because it's paying you negative right now. Uh, the next place is the employer match. Get all the free money that you can get for crying out loud. We've said it a hundred times on this podcast <laughs> Take the free money, okay? Above and beyond that, if a Roth IRA is applicable, put money to the Roth IRA. You've got more control. Uh, you've got more investment options. And when you've maxed that out, congratulations, you're doing a good job. If you've got a health savings account available, this is the next place we're going to look, okay? If you've got stellar health insurance and the high deductible plan is not an option, let's move back into the employer plan. Or if you've maxed out your HSA, pat yourself on the back one more time. You're doing a great job. We're going to put money back into retirement plans, uh, whether it's 401k, whether it's deferred comp, uh, 403b, whatever top hat plans. Again, you're probably doing all right if you're in that situation. We're going to go right past the 529 and the next uh, would be non-qualified investments. Uh, it's not the end of the world if you have to pay taxes. After all, the money is uh, completely liquid and accessible if you would need it, but get that extra money working for you. And if you got a big tax problem, we're not saying don't look at the 529 or, or the education accounts, ESAs, covered L savings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they do have their place, obviously. We just believe that maybe they're overstated a little bit. So uh, in a nutshell, Jason, that's uh, that's the hierarchy of savings. Yeah, that's, that's our recommendation for the hierarchy of savings. Maybe we'll throw that up in the speakeasy, uh, let people know. That's what we think usually. Those that that come That list comes out of countless talks we've had with clients and just people asking us our opinion on where they should save. Yeah. Caleb, we've got some reviews to share, don't we? We do, Jason. Uh, so we've got a couple of reviews. Uh, I want to say iTunes, but it's Apple Podcasts. <laughs> so we have a couple new reviews. Uh, the first one comes from Jared. Great podcast. As a new client of Blue Jay, I really appreciate how you guys are prioritizing teaching us how to be smarter and more informed about the world of finance. Love the mixed drink tie-in also. It's a class on two subjects I knew little about. I own the local coffee shop, and if you ever want to switch the subject to espresso, I think you'll find its history equally fast and interesting. Keep up the hard work, Jared. You missed the uh, smiley face emoji. Smiley face <laughs> espresso, oh, espresso emoji. Oh, that's an espresso emoji. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Jared, thank you. That's um, awesome. Jared, thank you so much for yeah, listening. You know, I wonder uh, if we could mix uh, some of the coffee and booze because uh, there's... What do you mean we can? Like we can do whatever we, we want. We totally can and we totally <laughs> should. Will. I think that like drink artisans throughout history have probably already done it. And we can just copy. We're not Maybe we something. should use some of Jared's mad scientist skills. And Ooh. some. we are the best bartenders around here, by the way. Well, if within we, a 50 mile range. Our powers combined. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're no Smith and Walensky, right? <laughs> um, I think that we could come up with some crazy concoctions. That might be really fun, actually. I think so. Cool. Uh, we do have one more. Um, this one's pretty to the point from Monclova Matthew. Five stars, top shelf. Well, 
It's a podcast. <laughs> That's an interesting first name, I'm going to say. You know what? Yeah. I think the review, Monclova Matthew, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, thank it is you for a podcast. Uh, but that is the most true review we have ever had. <laughs> hey, he said top shelf. I'll take it. Yes, he did, didn't he? Bam. All right. Pow. Right in the kisser. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, this was fun today, huh? Yeah. I, think I had a good time. It was awesome. Uh, do you want to take us home, Caleb? I will. Thanks for having a drink with us this week. <laughs> it's time to close the tab. If you have a question or topic you want to address on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at oldfashionedfinance.com. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you lo- I can't do it. <laughs> someone that needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's BlueJFG.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've, We've been, been your hosts, hosts Jason, 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 and Caleb. <laughs> Cheers! One, two, oh, oh gosh, one, I never one, three, two, two, six, one, five. Cheers! Five. <laughs> Cheers! <laughs>